coming up. What went wrong for the D-backs in their series against the Philadelphia Phillies? And are the Braves back to being World Series contenders? Discussing that with Sully Baseball next. You are Locked On Diamondbacks, your daily Arizona Diamondbacks podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into the Locked On Diamondbacks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day listening to who? The always charismatic host of this podcast, Miller Thomas. I'm a multimedia journalist and I'm a graphic designer. So please go check out my website, MillerThomas24, portfolio.com. I'm there you can see all my latest work from my packages to my articles to my photos and my graphic design. If you want to see more content by me, just follow me on Twitter at CreatorThomas24 from my personal account or just look up Locked On Diamondbacks on both Twitter and Instagram for the podcast handle. And of course, Thank you for making Lockdown Diamondbacks your first listen every day. I would not be able to do this podcast without you, my loyal listeners, sharing, subscribing, reviewing, doing all that so I could do this podcast for you. Thank you. It's free and available on all platforms, so please continue to tell your friends. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online is you cover the season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. Now, before we talk to Sully Baseball about the Atlanta Braves and some other teams that have turned around their season, I first want to talk about this D-backs versus Philly series because the D-backs lose two out of three games against the Philadelphia Phillies, but they're able to get a win in the finale on Sunday. And Sunday's game was probably the weirdest D-backs game all season because of the way um, that this game just kind of unfolded. I mean, they did... They started this game with a reliever, Kyle Nelson. I think this might have been the first time all season where the D-backs kind of did the reverse start where you start with the bullpen first and then go with someone that could give you some length because Kyle Nelson pitched the first inning and that was it. He he had a clean first inning, only one walk allowed, so a good first inning by Kyle Nelson. And then after Nelson, we got to see an old friend in Luke Weaver, who I don't think has pitched since that opening series against the against the San Diego Padres. This man has been on the 60-day injured list. And Luke Weaver, first game back, gets the dub. He goes three innings. He looked pretty good in all honesty. He gives up one earned run. That last inning was a little shaky for Luke Weaver, but four strikeouts overall. So a solid Luke Weaver day. I mean, a pretty good Lou Weaver day considering um, we haven't seen this guy in months. But this game was so weird because of how this pitching unfolded. I mean, you start with the reverse, like I said, of the bullpen. And then Luke Weaver, who we haven't seen in months. Caleb Smith after that, who it's like, we don't like Caleb Smith, but somehow he performed well today. Noah Ramirez, who's been struggling, recently performed well today. I mean, it was a big bullpen day, which was a weird way to slow this Phillies offense down. But that's what this D-backs pitching staff was able to do on Sunday in offense. I mean, the D-backs put up 13 runs, and they were able to do that without the use of home runs. They did get one home run in this game from Jig McCarthy, but that was in the ninth inning solo shot. The D-backs had already put 12 runs on the board throughout this game without that home run. So we talked about the D-backs, how they usually are in a good job, uh, a good team. Uh, doing um they're, they're a team that's not that doesn't do a good job at getting the sequencing together when it comes to hitting string together hits and putting those crooked numbers on the board and you look at the d-backs today that sixth inning was where they really put in damage because they scored four runs in that sixth inning they were able to bat around and pretty much everyone in their lineup did something today even if it wasn't a hit they did something i mean jordan luplo he was 0 for 2 today three walks still scored three runs on the day the d-backs offense overall 12 
12 hits, 13 runs scored, 11 walks. You don't ever see the D-backs with double-digit walks and hits, and they were able to do that today. Christian Walker almost had the cycle. Josh Rojas continues to be on fire. Of course, Ketel Marte put in work as well. And when you go back to Friday's episode and we talked about things we were keeping our eye on for, trends we were keeping our eye on for, if the D-backs want to beat this Philadelphia Phillies team who is red hot, and the D-backs were able at least to snap the 10-game winning streak of the Philadelphia Phillies, which won me five bucks off one of my homies. But let's actually go back and revisit the things we talked about on Friday and see if the D-backs actually hit or miss on the things that we talked about and the things that we said they needed to do entering this series. And the first thing was, will we see more of Kennedy as the closer? We saw him as the closer in the most, um, in that last game before this, uh, in that last game against the Cincinnati Reds, we saw um, Ian Kennedy close that game out instead of Mark Melanson. And we had a question whether we're going to see more of Ian Kennedy as a closer in this series against the Philadelphia Phillies, because I thought there was going to be at least one save opportunity, but the D-backs didn't need any save opportunities. So it seemed like Mark Melanson was still getting the ninth inning work or whoever the last reliever out the bullpen was. It was typically Mark Melanson. So we really didn't get a chance to see Ian Kennedy in a save opportunity. But maybe the fact that we got to see Mark Melanson in non-save opportunities um, highlights the fact that they're trying to save Ian Kennedy for those save opportunities. So maybe it was actually a glimpse into the future that Kennedy is the closer, at least in the short term moving forward. We're wondering, can the pitching staff cool down this Phillies offense? And for the most part, this Phillies offense was great on Friday, but four runs on Saturday isn't anything phenomenal. They didn't do anything on Sunday. So for the most part, I like to think that this pitching staff did cool down this Phillies offense, even though I think the D-backs offense was really the one lacking in this series. Can Dalton Varsho or David Peralta get going? That was a question mark we had on Friday. And Dalton Varsho, I think, got going because he hit safely in every game this series. He had a huge Friday put in some work um, Saturday and Sunday, really just putting in work every day this series. And David Peralta, he had one game this series. I think it was either Friday or Saturday, one game this series where David Peralta had two hits. And he didn't do too much this series, and he didn't play Sunday because there was a lefty on the mound for the Philadelphia Phillies. So it was a good series for Dalton Varsho, but David Peralta, um, he still hasn't gotten going. But it did seem like Dalton Varsho might be breaking out the slump, which is huge for this team, as we talk about, arguably the most dynamic D-back player we have. So it's good to see Dalton Varsho breaking out of his slump, and hopefully David Peralta will follow behind. Will we see Carson Kelly? Well, we did get a chance to see Carson Kelly in this series. Offensively, he still didn't do much. Defensively, he looked solid, I thought, behind the plate. The pitching staff so far hasn't translated back to Carson Kelly because Zach Gallen and Madison Bumgarner didn't look too good this weekend series. But Carson Kelly, I think overall, I mean, we'll see what his future holds because he has been so bad offensively this season. I want to see if he can pick it back up. Hopefully, he can go on a little hot streak because his future can start to get murky if if this is just a lost season for Carson Kelly in terms of statistics. If you just look at the end of the year, if we fast forward to the end of the 2022 season and Carson Kelly has like a average below 200 or like a 557 OPS and there's going to be big question marks about Carson Kelly's future entering the offseason but we're still far away from that so hopefully Carson Kelly can get back on track and get a little hot streak going. We talked about that the D-backs defense had to be better than the Phillies defense because the Phillies defense is usually a liability, and if you're going to be worse than a liability, then there's no chance that you win this series. And I didn't think the D-backs defense was that good this series. Friday's game, Ketel Marte had a huge error that led to some runs. There was a couple errors in um, Sunday's game as well that didn't really amount to anything, but just it looks like the, def- it looks like the D-backs defense just 
especially in the infield, just wasn't that great, wasn't that crisp. Ketel Marte has these games where he just seems to get the yips and he's not able to field balls in the infield. I don't know why it happens to Ketel Marte, but it's very weird. And then the last question mark that we had on Friday was, can the offense start quicker than the Phillies offense? And on Sunday, the D-backs offense was able to do that because all day on Sunday, I mean, the D-backs scored three runs in the first inning the first time they did that on this road trip. So we at least got to see it in one game. But in Friday and Saturday's game, the D-backs offense did absolutely nothing. For most of the series, the D-backs offense did mostly nothing. I thought the Phillies pitching was really good. Zach Wheeler on Saturday was pretty nasty. But at least the D-backs offense came alive on Sunday. Maybe that moment momentum can carry them into this series against the Cincinnati Reds where the D-backs can hopefully um, creep their way back to 500 because they're now four games below 500 and after the Cincinnati Reds their schedule gets a little bit tougher so this is a nice little break for the D-backs entering the Reds before the season schedule gets tough again and they need to stack some wins against the Cincinnati Reds team because this could be a pivot point for the D-backs. Their schedule gets a lot tougher after this. And if you can't be the Cincinnati Reds, this could be the point of the season where it just all kind of falls apart and you just go in this downward spiral as a team. But hopefully this finale against the Philadelphia Phillies is a catalyst for the offense. You carry that momentum against the Cincinnati Reds. And then you can carry that momentum as you face some of these tougher teams on your schedule. So hopefully the D-backs can get it done against the Cincinnati Reds. Now, We'll talk about how the Philadelphia Phillies are back to being a, a potential wild card, maybe World Series contender in the National League. But before we get there with Sully Baseball, let me tell you about a thing I do every day start my morning to give me a boost of energy because I take this little thing called AG1, which is, well, let me just break it down. With one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging, all those things. And the reason why I love AG1 is because it's lifestyle-friendly. Whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free, it does not matter. It costs you less than $3 a day. Has over, it has over 7,000 five-star reviews, so you know it's reputable. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash MLB Network. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash MLB Network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. The ultimate NBA mock draft starts June 16th. With over 50 insiders, nothing equals the ultimate NBA mock draft. The Locked On NBA Big Board Draft experts plus the Odyssey insiders. First pick is June 16th. Search ultimate NBA mock draft and follow now so you don't have to miss a pick. Let's get back into the pod. <laughs> oh, wow. Started with a cough. You want me to keep going and let you know that today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online is where the game starts. 
Hello, baseball fans. Welcome to the Monday Locked On crossover between Locked On MLB and Locked On Diamondbacks. Today's date is the 13th day of June, 2022. We are in the middle of June, in the middle of what could be a really weird and unpredictable season. I am your co-host, Paul Francis Sullivan, the host of Locked On MLB. Please call me Sully. Right over there, there's my co-host. We're, we're giving him the thumb. Tell the good folks what your name is. I am Miller Thomas, host of Locked On Diamondbacks. Follow me on Twitter at CreatorThomas24 for my personal account, or just go in that little search bar and type in Locked On Diamondbacks on both Twitter and Instagram for the podcast handle. And you can follow our show at Locked On MLB Pod, same handle for Instagram. I'm your pal Sully. I'm at Sully Baseball on Twitter, Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram. You look dashing today, Miller. You look like... You look like maybe did you trim your beard? There's something about you. It looks I did. Like you, okay, yeah. yeah. Trim the beard. Look at you, Sully. Wow. Yeah, okay, you're yeah. aware. You're aware. Okay, look at this. A, hey, if you're only listening to us, you are you're missing out. You have a little Donald Glover action going on right now with a trimmed beard. You're looking. Okay. You're looking. Looking cool. You're looking. You're looking like you're ready to talk about a little bit about your Diamondbacks. Did the impossible. Did what no other team could do, and they actually beat a team in Philadelphia. In 2022, not managed by Joe Girardi. No team has done that until today. Yeah, thankfully. Uh, I mean, it wasn't a good series still overall by the D-backs because they didn't do anything in the first two games. But in Sunday's finale, those bats came alive and the D-backs put 13 runs on the board. And you look up and down the lineup. I mean, at one point during the game, they batted around in one inning. So it was a great game on Sunday by the D-backs. And it was a pretty weird game by the D-backs too because you had Gallon and Bumgarner going the first two games and the D-backs lose those games. But in today's game, Kyle Nelson won their best relievers he starts the game and then Luke Weaver who was brought off the 60-day injury list came in after that it little Caleb Smith action this was really a bullpen kind of a day so it was weird that the D-backs bullpen was the one to give them the victory over the Phillies but there was no Kyle Schwarber home run today there was no Bryce Harper home run today and on the D-back side they were smashing home runs extra base hits so it was, it was fun to see that reversal flip between these two teams because usually the Phillies smashing teams with runs and home runs as Walker got big hits Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you know, it was Weaver. Remember him, folks? Yeah. He actually pitched a few innings. But you know, and so good, good on the D-backs. They, you know, they salvaged the final game in that seat of that uh, series against the Philadelphia Phillies. But let's let's go back to last week's episode that the two of us did was right on the heels of Joe Girardi getting canned by the Philadelphia Phillies. Well, the Phillies hadn't lost since yes since last week's episode they won in an absolute tear they finished that series against anaheim with that wild you know pair of home runs to end it and then they just everything seemed to click and boy oh boy if joe girardi is going to try to convince someone to hire him as a manager this week is a terrible advertisement because you've seen the team play loose with power with pitching everything firing on all cylinders and they look like uh, they look like a team parole. The entire team just crawled out of the sewer from Shawshank Prison, and suddenly the Phillies, who were a sub-500 when uh, the the ripcord was pulled, they're now at 500, you know, which is they've won nine of their last 10 games. They went on that wild winning streak, and while 500 is hardly Mount Everest, you know, it's better than where they were, and I think you take a look at – if the Phillies want to salvage this season and jump into the playoff situation, it's never the wrong time to go on a nine game winning streak. 
Yeah, the pro Joe Girardi Sully campaign that you were running took a big PR uh, this week because that offense has finally started to come alive. We know what Bryce Harper has been doing all season, but those pieces that you signed this offseason are finally starting to pick up their bats with Castellanos, the Reese Hoskins of the world, who was already on the team and started to pick it up. Even rookies like Bryson Stott, he had a pretty good last couple of weeks too. So you're getting contributions from up and down your lineup. The pitching has been good all season. I mean, Zach Wheeler, he's been back in his bag. He was kind of like my Cy Young pick uh, before the season started. So basically, you're getting the version of this Phillies team, the best version of this Phillies team that we maybe predicted during this offseason where they're pitching well. That start pitching is looking solid. The offense is smashing their um, way to wins. And the only difference is now is that Joe Girardi's not at the helm. So he took a big PR hit this week. And the Phillies are finally looking like a team that could make a wild card run. And it wouldn't be surprising. Like the Mets are definitely the the you know the king of that division but in terms of the wild card race the Phillies seem to be finally entrenched in that wild card race in the National League well I'll get to the king of that division in just a second here but just to put a button on Philadelphia uh there was a not so subtle jab thrown from Harper when they had that wild uh victory against the Angels when they hit a uh game time Harper hit the grand, game time grand slam and I think it was Stott who hit the walk-off home run um, and, and Harper said something like, well, now we're starting to win as we're letting the young kids play. He said something along those lines, which was a, uh, uh, as a little strange. shot across the bow of the previous owners, of the previous manager. But, hey, you know, good. I mean, I, I can't claim I'm a Philadelphia Phillies fan, but I want my stars in the postseason. And Bryce Harper, the reigning National League most valuable player, is one of the big stars, bit of a lightning rod. But, you know, it's good to have teams – with stars making a run for it, and you know it's it will make, and we're going to talk in, in segment two of what the the potential logjam that we're going to be seeing in this season. Are the Atlanta Braves back to being World Series contenders? Sully Baseball and I are going to discuss, but if you want to actually place a bet on the Braves winning a World Series this season, just head to betonline.net because it's your number one source for all your betting stats and sports info. Follow the latest sports developments, news, and odds, including this year's basketball championship matchup, the NHL Hockey Conference Finals, Major League Baseball, and of course, all the latest fighting news from MMA and UFC to boxing. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information including live betting esports and more head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and actions better line where the game starts all right all right all right let's wrap up the pod but you mentioned the king of the hill, and the Mets do indeed have the best record in the National League. They've moved past Los Angeles as the best record in the National League. And it looks like the Padres may be soon leapfrogging the Dodgers in that division. Mm. We're, as we're recording this, uh, we're recording this on Sunday afternoon. The Dodgers-Giants game is still going on. Saturday's game was an absolute thriller between L.A. and uh, Los Angeles, uh, San Francisco, where the the Dodgers scored two runs and they left something like 13 or 14 men on base. And the Giants are just pulling out all the stops, getting, you know, striking out Mookie Betts with the bases loaded in uh, the eighth inning and just a wonderfully exciting game. But and the Padres, who are on an absolute tear, are, you know, showing why Bob Melvin is one of the best in the game. But you mentioned that the, the Mets are the unquestioned king of the hill. Well, last year the division winner was 
the Braves. Mm-hmm. In 2020, the division winner was the Braves. In 2019, even though the Nationals won the World Series, the division winner was, say with me, the Braves. The Braves. In 2018, uh, do you remember who won the, the division in 2018? I'm going to go with the Marlins. No, close. So just a little uh, bit north. That would be the Braves. You don't often say no, you don't often say north to Atlanta. But the Atlanta Braves, who stumbled out of the gate, are now on an 11-game winning streak. 11 games. And you know, a no small part has to do with the, the fact that Ronald Acuna Jr. It's amazing when your MVP candidate is healthy again, what that could mean. But the Braves are saying... Hold my beer, everybody. We're the defending World Series champs, and let us remind you why. Now, granted, they don't have the same depth, in, especially with Jackson Hurt, in the bullpen that they had last year. Basically, they rode their bullpen and a bunch of surprising stars, uh, surprising bats, the Solaires and the Rosarios and the Jack Petersons of the world. Um, but, you know, with that being said, the let's not count it. I mean, there's still – it's a little less than two-thirds of the season left. Uh, after you know, after today's game, the Braves look great. The Braves look great. And one other, just one other quick thing: the Marlins. Okay, they didn't play too well today against Houston, but they were on a five-game winning streak with great, great pitchings. And Sandy Alcantara is putting together, along with Pablo Lopez, all-star caliber seasons. You have four tough teams in that division right now. Yeah, it's a pretty low division. We'll still see on the Marlins if they're able to really get in the wild card race. But the Braves, they're a team that their offense has really started to pick up. I mean, like the Philadelphia Phillies are starting to get uh, major contributions outside of the Ronald Acuna's, like the Austin Riley's are starting to pick it up. William Contreras of that team has been a phenomenal catcher this season from an offensive standpoint. So the Braves, like the Phillies, they had a lot of, you know, roster turnover during the offseason. They switched out some guys and they had kind of a culture shock with Freddie Freeman leaving. Like he was basically basically the face of the franchise. We talked a lot about it during the offseason. So him leaving Atlanta, like that's big for your locker room. That's big for your organization. So they kind of had to figure out. They went through, I think, that first month just kind of – transition period without Freddie Freeman. Ronald Acuna kind of started late. He was kind of a, you know, early season injection that wasn't there to start the season. And we know he's an MVP candidate. So now you add Acuna back in the mix. You're getting some great performances from Max Free. Kyle Wright has been phenomenal this season. Now you're seeing this Braves team really starting to gel. And it makes you wonder, like, can this team get back to the, you know, maybe the World Series? Because this team still is as talented as it was the last year. And you're basically, yeah, you don't have Freddie Freeman anymore. But at least you got Ronald Cunha now to replace that star power that left with Freddie Freeman gone. And Matt Olson, I think, who has been okay this season, I think he can still hit another level of, you know, I, I think he can still get to another level, another gear this season that we haven't yet seen from him as we start to enter these summer months. So I think this Braves team can get even better as the season wears on. Yeah, and they've had some injuries, and Smith has not been as strong. But, you know, Kenley Jansen has done okay. Minter has mm-hmm. been tremendous. Um, and they're getting and Kyle Wright has moved into the starting role. He was in the bullpen for them in the World Series last year, and he's moved into the starting role. Uh, I think we're someday going to find out that there was more to the Freddie Freeman leaving because remember, he didn't sign with LA and then they traded for Matt Olson. They traded for Matt Olson first and closed the door on Freeman, which allowed Freeman to sign with Los Angeles. Uh, and 
I wonder if there was something else going on. It was hinted at with some things that Acuna said, which he immediately walked back from. But I wonder if it was kind of like, okay, you were here for 10 some odd years. You won us a World Series. We're going to move on from you right now. And I wonder if there was a culture thing in their locker room that him not being there was would be positive. But as it stands right now, Olsen, Albies, Swanson, Riley, and Acuna Jr. are all under 30, and they will all be under 30 next year. So this is a core of players that have already won a World Series and may have another one in their back pocket before all is said and done, especially if Contreras comes in and is the everyday catcher from now on. This could be a core that stays together. Yeah, maybe it's a little dynastic. We'll see. I know Acuna probably wants to be in the field for another World Series, but the Freddie Freeman thing is just weird because a lot of the rumors as to why he left is not really because of the money. It seemed like they were just more about the years, and there was like a one-year difference. Freddie Freeman won like a seven-year deal, and the Braves weren't willing to go there and stay at six. Like That just seems ridiculous that you're letting your franchise star walk over one year. So I don't know if we really – like you said, there seems to be more behind the scenes than what the Braves are letting on or the the, the agent of Freddie Freeman's letting on in that scenario because it seems like freddie freeman wants to stay we see his wife's instagram post about how they love the city of atlanta but um i think it's, it was a tough situation but i think freddie freeman down the line will probably do what albert pujols is doing and uh resign with the braves one day that's it for this edition of the lockdown dimebacks podcast thank you to everyone who tuned into today's pod come back tomorrow for more dimebacks news coverage and insight on tomorrow's pod sully and i will talk about things like Why does no one want to win the National League Central? So come back tomorrow for more Dimebacks news coverage and insight. I think I already said that. And as always, stay safe and stay healthy. Deuces!